Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And with that, folks, welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and we're here to chat some playoff basketball. Um, For those who have not listened to it yet, we previewed the entire gamut of teams that we have playing in the boys' basketball playoffs uh, last week. Uh, Those uh, those games get rolling on tonight. Um, So yeah, we are smack dab right in the heat of the playoffs. Boys start tonight. We're two rounds in the books on the girls' side, so we're going to devote this time to just kind of discussing some takeaways on what we have seen through the first two rounds rounds of the girls basketball playoffs the uh the pack has certainly thinned out a bit with these first two rounds as a total we have nine teams left from uh, from within our markets a few scattered across um all the uh, all the classifications so um yeah for this um, i'm being joined by devin hassan who does sports for mesquite and rowlett brian murphy who's the sports editor for our frisco little elm and salina papers and justin thomas who is our denton county sports editor so yeah we're just kind of going to go around the horn and just yeah from what you guys have seen these uh, you know, through these first two rounds, we've had, uh, you know, at least, you know, in my case, I got to see one of the best basketball games at the high school that I've seen, period, on Friday between uh, Plano and DeSoto. It's an absolute thriller. We've had um, we've had some upsets. We've got, you know, later on, we've got tomorrow night, well, maybe the most overqualified third-round playoff matchup in recent state history um, between a couple teams in 5A. So, um, let's, um, yeah, Brian, let's uh, let's kind of start in your neck of the woods. Just through these first two rounds, just uh, what have you uh, what have you seen between what uh, what Frisco ISD and I guess Prosper have had to, had to offer? Well, that Frisco Lone Star and Prosper are pretty dang good, just as good as advertised. And that game that you're mentioning is between those two teams. Tomorrow night at Denton Broswell, but Lone Star, they've rolled. They destroyed Lake Dallas. Uh, you know, they breezed through their second-round opponent. They're, they're, they have a date set with Prosper. Mm-hmm. Prosper has done the same. Uh, they're coming off a huge, almost 30-point win over Lovejoy on Friday night. And Lovejoy was a state-ranked team. Yeah. They were 20-2 to start that game. Lovejoy never had a chance. I was I was so surprised when I saw that, like, when I got back and you know, I asked Justin, like, hey, man, I'd Lovejoy. Did they win? And, like, no, nah, man, they were down by, like, 26 at one point early on. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they, they kind of limped out. Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. This was a team that definitely, you know, they I mean, they started off district so well. They ran the table in 15-5A to start. Then they went only 4-3 and three over the back half of district. So, you know, clearly not playing as, you know, as well as they were early on. And obviously, when paired up against one of the better teams in all the uh, state and class 5 it apparently showed. And with Prosper, the question of them, with them going in was, can they get more firepower than just Jordan Oliver, their Baylor commit, and their star point guard, Mackenzie Hewitt, and they got it. You know, Maddie Cleary, one of, you know, one of their role players, she's a starter, but really a role player, shooter, kind of a hustle player. She had four or five threes that game. I'll have to go look back in the book. At least four three-pointers that game. She led the game in scoring with Jordan Oliver with 16 points. Uh, you know, and, and a bunch of other role players stepped up. You know, players off the bench had double-digit points. So it wasn't just Jordan Oliver, which was really, really good to see that game. So we'll see if that can carry over uh, into uh, tomorrow night's game with uh, Juggernaut Lone Star. Man, like, all right, so, I mean, who do you think has the edge in this uh, in this matchup? It's, I mean, this is, we're only... Th- 
So oh, about to start the third round, and I've got to check the last time because what are they? What are they ranked? Lone Star's third Lone and Star, Prosper. Yeah, Lone Star's three and, and Prosper six. Yeah. But you know they could go either way. Yeah, I just, there's no way to. I mean, there's no way to find out. But I wonder when the last time, to, time we had a yeah. third round game between two of the top six teams in a classification. It's it's almost <laughs> not fair, you know, because Colony Lone Star was probably pretty close last was year, it? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah probably yeah. actually. And then, then Lone, Lone Star yeah. went home in the same round last year to the Colony. And you know, what was the mm-hmm. final? It was like seventy. It was like an eight point game, but it was very yeah. well played, mm-hmm. up and down, close game. And I guess I kind of just wanted to mention that you talking about Prosper and Lone Star, just um, how well our little pod showed out again between thirteen and fourteen five A. You know all. Prosper, Lone Star, the Colony, Liberty all made the third round last year, and they're all back there again mm-hmm. this year. So those those four teams are rolling pretty well this year. I mean, last year we had Lo- the Colony and Lone Star and Prosper, Liberty. This year you get Liberty, the Colony, and Prosper, mm-hmm. Lone Star. It's a little flip, but two of those teams are mm-hmm. going to be back in the regional tournament again after getting two teams out last year. So the, our little pod there has shown well again. Mm-hmm. Now that's pretty impressive to say about the Colony and Liberty. You know they lose. You know, obviously the colony loses a McDonald's, McDonald's All American, American. Yeah. <laughs> and then Liberty loses two D one players who are like who are putting up pretty good numbers as freshmen in college right now in Jordan Hamilton and Rebecca Leske, and then they're right back. Jade's starting at Duke. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's not that surprising. Issues <laughs> certainly good enough too. <laughs> no, not at all. So then now yeah. you you know, and they're back in the third round, gonna go at it. And it, I I have yeah. no idea who's gonna win that game. It could go either way, really. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen uh, Liberty, obviously, and as you said, they've lost a couple key pieces from last year, and the Colony lost Jade Williams, but that's all they lost. And you know, going back to that third round game against Lone Star last year, I think, you know, obviously Jade Williams is an incredible player, but I think she scored like eight points in that game, and they, so they got seventy points from players that are back on the court tomorrow. It was so, the freshman at the time, right? Yeah, the yeah. freshman Tamia Jones and Jules Spear, mm-hmm. and you know they're doing it again with. Chloe Adami and Aaliyah Clark is really having a, an awesome season for the Colony as well. So, I mean, th- is Liberty gonna? Do they like to get up and down? Is this gonna be another shootout? They do. I know the Colony is gonna like a, a breakneck pace. So, well, they they stay fresh because they go you know twelve girls deep. Okay, so well, the Colony goes six or seven at the most. So that could be. And Coach Ross Reedy, man, he's he's just changing up lineups, all kinds of crazy schemes. He'll throw out a full court press at you and then change it up. You know. Right on the other side of the floor is it? Sh- it should be interesting. If you had to pick right now, who'd win that game? Who would you pick? Pick the colony. I'll go. With You're the, such a homer. I'll go with the, <laughs> go with the backcourt. <laughs> yeah, it's man. I those freshmen looked really good last year, and I, I haven't seen them play. Are they? Have they taken the next? step? Yeah, they're taking the next step, and I think just that playoff experience that they got because. They're, it's a weird dynamic of being a young team. You know, you only play one senior, really. Yeah. But also, at the same time, they're, you know, playoff tested and experienced through what they've, you know, played a tough schedule this year, knowing that they were probably going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. and what, what all they went through last year. So. All right, with that said, I'm going to go with Liberty. Okay. So. <laughs> How about for Lone Star Prosper? I'm not letting you off the hook there. <laughs> See, I was trying to yeah. you know, deflect <laughs> the bullets over to yeah. someone else. But no, I'll prosper. Really? I'm, on, mm-hmm. I'm taking prosper. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Lone Star. Their their starting five is just phenomenal, and I I just don't see them losing in the third round. Even though, albeit it's against Almighty Prosper, it, does, it just yeah, it just does seem insane that one of these teams, like the Strippers, are only gonna show that they went three rounds deep and have the ability to you know very well make the make the state tournament. If, if it was encouraging to see that Prosper you know manhandled a state ranked team like Lovejoy, even though they were kind of maybe struggling going into the playoffs, yeah. but still they. You know, Lovejoy could not get anything going at all. Granted, Lovejoy 
you know, they made eight of 26 free throws. I don't know if that kind of oh. changes the, oh, the narrative a little bit, but, you know, they still lost by 30 points. Yeah. So, we, we will see tomorrow night. That should what, be fun, man. That's... That should be a good time. Where is that game? Just curious. Denton Broswell, Denton 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. How about the Colony and Liberty? Uh, that's at Lovejoy. Okay. So, yeah, between, uh, I mean, those are the uh, the four teams that we still have left kicking around on the uh, on the 5A side of things. A couple cross-market games, and, yeah, sure enough, we will be covering those games live on uh, on Tuesday. Over in um, <clears throat> over in Class 6A, and I'll, um, I'll take the ball for at least for this part, um, I was I was fascinated to see um, how the dynamic between districts five six a and six six a would shake out this time around against district seven six a. Um, you know, for those who you know, I kind of meant I wanted to bring this up. You know, a couple weeks ago when we did the playoff preview pod, but just how just how torturous that second round was for any of our teams that got out of the first round from those two districts. You know, for those who don't know, District 76A is the district with Duncanville and DeSoto, Cedar Hill, uh, South Grand Prairie, Irving MacArthur. It is probably pound for pound the, uh, you know, at least those between those five teams, you're probably not going to find a better five team, a better top five in a district. Um, than those five. I mean, all all five were at one point in the season state ranked, and obviously Duncanville is you know has won ten state championships and is gunning for a third straight. Um, but I mean, obviously, I mean it's it's kind of a case of iron sharpens iron because last year, I mean, that district just laid waste to uh, to the four teams that uh, that got out of the by district round between six six a and five six a. I went back to check the scores. <coughs> Um, props to Louisville, who, um, who only lost to DeSoto last year, 43-39. to That was far and away the closest second-round game between the uh, between 5-6-A, 6-6-A versus 7-6-A. The others were so lopsided that the average margin of victory that 7-6-A had over 5-6-A and 6-6-A was 18.8 points. I mean, plus, I mean, I watched firsthand. South Grand Prairie just run Plano off the floor, beat them by 21. Uh, Duncanville beat Plano West by 32, and then Cedar Hill beat Plano East by 18. I mean, these just weren't even competitive games for the most part. It really just did show just what a just how strong that district was, and it it panned out. I'm pretty sure the regional final that year actually wound up being Duncanville versus South Grand Prairie. Um, so I was kind of fascinated just to see how that dynamic would play out this time around. Um, because um, you once again, obviously, all four of the teams from seven six a advanced past the uh, the first round. They swept eight six a, which which had two state ranked teams in Colleen Ellison and Waco Midway. And now they didn't; those two teams did not have a prayer against. Uh, I believe it was uh, Irving MacArthur and Cedar Hill were the teams that pulled the upsets. Um, shout out to, to District six six a and District five six a because these the games this time around were way way more competitive. Um, to the point where you know Plano, you know Plano Senior and Allen even even beat seven six a in advance to the third round. Um, as I mentioned, I was at a uh, what was just an absolute thriller of a game between Plano and Desoto on Friday, a game that went to two overtimes before Plano pulled away uh, sixty two to sixty one. Just a terrific game. Um, you can check out you can read my story, check out video highlights, my rapid reaction podcast. I went twenty minutes just trying to make you know just put that 
that thing into perspective. Um, you can check that out at StarLocalSports.com. Um, elsewhere, you know, you had Allen, which defeated Irving MacArthur 64 to 58, and then even in the teams that um, you know that lost McKinney and Flower Mound, they showed well. Um, you know, Flower Mound, you know, the District 5 6A champion, they lost to Cedar Hill, you know, 48 to 41, only seven points there. That was actually the largest margin of victory for um, you know for seven in, in all in either of the uh, of the four games. And then you had McKinney, which I mean, apparently McKinney just took Duncanville down to the wire and almost pulled off a shocker of the uh, of the number one team in the state. Uh, Duncanville won uh, 63 to 59, and just from what I've heard, that game was every bit as competitive as the score indicated. It wasn't like you know McKinney came back in garbage time and you know somehow made a game of it late. Now this was. It sounds like Duncanville had quite a test on its hands. Um, of note, you know, shout out to uh, you know to Quincy Noble with McKinney, who averaged 28 and a half points per game in their uh, in their two playoff wins. And yeah, they almost pulled a shocker over the uh, over the number one team in the state. So um, it was just kind of comparing one year to another. It's you know, it was at least notable to see that the uh, how much the playing field between those uh, those three districts had leveled out quite a bit. And um, obviously, from a more local standpoint, you had a team like Allen, which had, I mean. Maybe I mean the best week that it's had in girls basketball in I mean in, in a long time. Not only did Allen, um, you know, JT, you were at this game. You got to see them against Louisville. Um, Allen won its first playoff game since 1995, and I'm um, in avenging a uh, you know last year's by district loss to Louisville. And then 72 hours later, they matched their deepest postseason run ever when they beat uh, Irving MacArthur. So yes, like Allen has only been to the regional quarterfinals one other time. It was that same uh, 95 season. So yes, like Allen in the span of 72 hours has just taken this season to a, you know, to at least by, uh, you know, by their program standards, a, a pretty, a pretty historic level. So a, a solid, uh, you know, a solid week for Allen. Um, JT, what was, um you know, you got to see them against Louisville. How different did that Allen team look from the one that you saw a year prior that lost to those same uh, Lady Farmers? Not a whole lot different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's not like the game went down to the wire again. Yeah, it so it was just almost an identical game. Yeah, just uh, you know, a couple runs here and there for each team. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever got up by more than I don't think maybe like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Pretty close the whole way, and almost right down to the fact where almost Louisville almost pulled it out with some defensive steals in the last minute. But uh, this time they came a little short. A couple turnovers hurt them. But um, just impressed by Allen's balance. You know, they had. Uh, Different players step up at you know different times. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisville gets a quick 10-2 lead. Then Sydney Hardiman hits three three-pointers in the first quarter. I believe I'm saying her name correct. Hard- yeah, Hardiman. 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 Yeah, Hardiman. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she had well, thir- she led the way with 13. She had nine of them in the first quarter when they mm-hmm. really needed them yeah. after you know spotting Louisville a quick 10-2 lead. Um, then they had a couple freshmen that are getting bigger minutes that came up with big buckets. Um, Taylor. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on a couple. Taylor Dillard. Taylor Dillard. Taylor was Dillard one. had a couple big three pointers to kind of stop some. It's another run. Grace Woodruff was another Grace name. Grace Woodruff, yeah. I believe she was one of the freshmen yeah. that really stepped up. Um, so yeah, they really balanced in. They seemed to get a big bucket from a different player whenever they mm-hmm. needed it. It wasn't you know just going to Hardiman on every possession or going to so and so on every possession. You know, different players were stepping up in different ways, and it was just a pretty entertaining game. Pretty good job defensively to kind of control the pace and slow Louisville down and make it more of a, a half-court game. They'll, uh, yeah, they'll need every bit of that balance against uh, against Duncanville. Um, one thing that I noticed, at least looking over the box score, is that McKinney only allowed points from four players on Duncanville. Only four players scored, but, I mean, they've got, obviously got, you know, I mean, they've got a McDonald's All-American and Zariel Green, and, I mean, uh, Chrislyn Marsh is another great player for them, and those two just, those two alone were just 
too much for uh, too much for McKinney. But I was um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated just to see how Allen holds up against Duncanville. Obviously, you favor the Pantherettes because they're the number one team in the state. They're the reigning two-time state champ. They're the best thing going in uh, Texas high school girls basketball. But it's been interesting just to see how how many close games Duncanville has been involved in this year. Way more than you know than than usual. I was just looking over there uh, just some scores from this season. Obviously, you know they beat McKinney 63 to 59. Prior to the playoffs, they needed overtime to beat DeSoto, 65 to 63. You know their other game against DeSoto was 55 to 51. You know against South Grand Prairie, they beat them, you know 59 52. And then in Cedar Hill, earlier on in their district uh, schedule, they beat Cedar Hill, uh, 71 to 67. So you know Duncanville, when, when you know when pressed against upper echelon competition, they're winning, but it's not by you know it's not by the comfortable margin that I think that they've you know they had been accustomed to in recent years and I mean it almost you know it almost bit them in the second round against uh you know, against McKinney, so it'll be interesting just to see kind of how uh, if Allen is able to drag Duncanville into uh, you know into close quarters once again. Although to be fair, it does sound like Duncanville, you know, as opposed to being a if you're the number one team and you're hardly ever tested, you know, that can kind of be a that can kind of be a, a bit of a, a bit of a curse when you actually do get you know punched in the mouth in the playoffs. But it sounds like this Duncanville team, if nothing else, does know how to win close games, which you know could obviously very which could serve them well, you know, as it has uh, you know to this point of the of the, uh, of the season. And then with um you know with playing against Cedar Hill. Um, you know, this Plano team is, you know, right in, in familiar territory. You know, they're in the third round for the fifth time in six years as that program has just continued to become one of the more consistent ones in the, uh, you know, in the Metroplex. Um, they get a, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a chance to beat a, a second straight 7-6A opponent, and Cedar Hill has already just put together a very impressive playoff run. They blew out a, a Waco Midway team that was ranked number 11, I want to say, in the state at the time. They beat them by 20 points in the first round, and then, um, and then obviously as I mentioned, they were able to beat the five six eight champion Flower Mound. So, um, yeah, should be a uh, should be a fun game. We'll see if there's any sort of emotional hangover for uh, for Plano after uh, after picking up that win over DeSoto, which was you know just the uh, I mean, <laughs> sitting on the Plano side. I mean, I mentioned this on the podcast. Like, I seriously felt like half that crowd was about to go into cardiac arrest. It was like I heard afterwards that there were some Plano fans that were actually like they had to leave and stand outside in the hallway because they just couldn't take the uh, just the emotional ups and downs of that game. It really was. It really was that good, and um, yeah, just an absolute thrill to be uh, to be in attendance for that one. So um, yeah, Plano and Cedar Hill ought to be a fun one in the third round, as should Allen and Duncanville. Devin, we haven't even got to you yet, man. You just been sitting over here. I'm here. And, I'm here. <laughs> so um, yeah, you still got a uh, still got a couple teams. You got one in six A, and then you still have a uh, you know, have one in three A hanging around. Um, what has been? Um, I guess uh, yeah. How do you feel about it? You're just able to see Saxy last week. How do you feel about what the uh, what the Lady Mustangs have shown so far? Well, and real quick before I get to them, I just want to mm-hmm. give. Uh, some love to Sunnyvale. For sure. So our our For podcast sure. is focused on Class 6A and Class 5A, mm-hmm. but uh, they beat Whitesboro on Thursday to move on to the third round. Uh, they have a really dynamic score in Madison D'Elia. Uh, several pieces around here that have stepped up at, t- at different times. And, uh, you know, this they're po- they play uh, Ponder tonight. Mm-hmm. They get the early game this week. And, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to make a run. Uh, this is, if they do, it'll be the furthest they've made it since winning the state championship in 2015. Okay. So uh, they're ranked number nine in the state right now. So it's a, a lot of good, big challenges ahead, but uh, Sunnyvale's kind of flown underneath the radar here, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, those lower, 
lower classifications have some very good basketball yeah. teams. Um, the rest of the teams in my coverage area have, you know, really not a, a lot of surprises. Uh, you know, Rowlett opened with a nice win over Coppell in the bite-a-sixth round. Uh, nearly pulled the upset against state-ranked Rockwall on wow. Friday. They actually led going into the fourth quarter uh, before Rockwall was able to rally, pull out a 40-33 to win. Uh, but that was the Rowlett's first playoff win in four years. So, uh, you know, head coach Alexis Hill is a nice step in the right direction for her program. Um, Horn, it kind of stumbled into the playoffs with back-to-back losses that relegated them to the second seed. Uh, they took care of the Woodlands College Park with a blowout win in the opener. But by dropping to the second seed, then you got... 10-6A champion, Saxe, in the next round, uh, who you just brought up. And he's really been probably the most impressive girls basketball team I've seen here during the last six weeks. Okay. Uh, I saw him early in the year, talked to head coach Donna McCullough, and she said that while she does, basically every starter returned, but they were all still young. They had three sophomores and two juniors in their starting lineup. So she thought the potential was there for them to grow. And the difference in this, from what I've seen from this team back in December and, and now is just phenomenal. I mean, they have made, they got on the same page offensively. They can push it out in the transition. Mm-hmm. They have four guards, uh, point guard Jayla Brooks, Avery Krause, Tia Harvey, uh, Kayla Demas, who they can all penetrate. They can all shoot from the outside as the evidence horn found out the hard way um, on Friday. But the biggest difference to me is, is Adhel Tack, their 6'1 sophomore post. Uh, she's really developed a nice interior game uh, to where they can put her, I mean, they isolate her down in the block, but they also, they also run the, ball, the offense through her now. Mm-hmm. She's got a good basketball IQ, and they when they go through her, she's got she's a tremendous passer for being a, a, you know, a sophomore. And at 6'1", she has the height to make a difference on both sides right. of the court. So I'm interested to see if Saks, this is as far as they've made it since 2012 when they made it to the regional finals, uh, lost a close game of spring to Caney that year. Uh, but they can't look ahead either. I think everybody thought they were going to be playing number five Richardson, and uh, Tyler Lee threw a wrench into that with the, uh, a 60 to 57 upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to become the second East Texas. John Tyler came in last year as the four seed and made it to the regional tournament. And the Tyler Lee team, I, I think Jaquela Bowie uh, is who I think will be named the 116A most valuable player. Uh, Aaliyah Morgan is a younger player that stepped up. And, you know, again, it was, that Richardson win wasn't a fluke. They had beat state ranked Rockwall just a couple weeks ago. They pushed Horn to the wire before losing by one during district play. So Saxon can't get afford, you know, can't afford to to look past a, a dangerous Tyler Lee team. It's funny you mentioned. I mean that uh, with Adele Tack. I mean, if you have a, a player that size that can pass the ball, that is such a uh, an intangible. And, and that's that's the yeah. one thing that I didn't see back in December. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and they posted up low. They put her on. I, I mean, she can. It's, she hits those guards, cutting to the basket, mm-hmm. and then she looks around and she'll find them out for the open three. I mean, just really impressive job, especially for a player that young. Mm-hmm. Who would um so if if Saxy were to take care of business, who would they get in the uh, the start of the regional tournament? You know, most likely uh, it's it's on paper they don't have any of the heavyweights. Uh, Pflugerville's ranked number thirteen. Uh, Round Rock Cedar Ridge uh, is unranked. Uh, it gets a little bit more top heavy depending on what happens in that next round. I mean, you got number four Skyline playing number twenty three Rockwall um, mm-hmm. over there, and then Pflugerville Henderson, which is also ranked. Uh, you know, again, it, it's so hard to yeah. interpret how accurate these rankings are, but you know, Skyline obviously always a great program. Uh, Rockwall's had some really nice runs in recent years, uh, so, but it lines up nicely on paper, but again, it's they can't, they can't even afford to look past tomorrow night and mm-hmm. meeting Tyler Lee and Eustace. Okay. That's a, um, yeah, we've got a, uh, let's see, we have a 
handful of uh, third round games on tap just as a quick refresher on the third round girls basketball games that we have lined up for this week we have over in 6a we have plano versus cedar hill Allen versus Duncanville and Saxe versus Tyler Lee. In Class 5A, a couple cross-market games with the Colony versus Frisco Liberty and Prosper versus Frisco Lone Star. And then over in uh, in 4A, we have Argyle still kicking around. Argyle is always you know still a fixture at this point of the playoffs. They get Lincoln in their third-round matchup, and as Devin just mentioned, Sunnyvale takes on Ponders. So that is a look at the uh, at the happenings right now in the third round of the year. I should say the, through the first two rounds of the girls' basketball playoffs um, yeah we will be uh, that will be kind of at the focal point of our coverage um, on Tuesday you know for those games you can obviously check out um, you know uh, you know stories video highlights rapid reaction podcasts at uh, starlocalsports.com we'll be in attendance for a lot of these games tweeting up a storm you can follow us all on Twitter let's quickly go around the horn for folks who don't know how can they follow us on Twitter I'm at M Welch SLM how about you Devin I, I'm, I'm easy Devin Hassan I'm at, at Devin Hassan <laughs> and uh, Justin? J. Thomas S-C-N And then uh, as for you, Brian? At Brian Murphy underscore. underscore. Brian with a Y. Brian with a Y. So, hey, folks, that is about it. Hey, appreciate you all for checking out this podcast. Uh, like I said, we will have Rapid Reaction Podcast recapping the playoff games that we covered this week, so be, uh, be checking out for those. Otherwise, folks, this has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media signing off. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.